Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Sonny Ward, and this is the LSQ Podcast. Hey, it's Jenny LSQ. Welcome to episode 89, and thanks for pressing play on the LSQ Podcast. Um, this episode includes an interview with an artist who made one of my favorite albums of this year. Sunny War's latest LP, Anarchist Gospel, has been just a fixture in my life in recent months. And one of the things I loved about this interview is how refreshingly honest Sonny was. I'm going to play a quick excerpt right now so you can hear what I mean. Like when I first started playing as a seven-year-old, I thought I was going to be a rock star. I never thought I would be a folk musician. The whole time as a kid, I was always like, yeah, I'm going to be Slash or I'm going to be Angus Young. I was always thinking I was going to be in some kind of band. I never thought I was going to sing. That's the thing that's the weird part. I never wanted to sing, and I definitely didn't want to play folk music. So how did she get to become what I consider to be one of the most exciting folk singers of her generation? You'll have to listen. Sunny shares insight into her creative evolution and how she went from loving ACDC and Bad Brains and the Dead Kennedys to, you know, exploring folk punk, like the Florida band This Bike is a Pipe Bomb in particular and blues and jazz and eventually Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell and Elliot Smith. The conversation begins with Sonny answering a question I asked about going back out on tour and whether she sees herself spending most of this year on the road. I think I'm gonna just be playing a lot and then still being broke all the time because now I'm trying to have a band and then that's like a whole different it's like now there's like twice as many people. So I'm trying to figure out how do you tour with a band without. I know there's a way to, I got to figure it out, but I can't figure out how do you, if you got a house like five people every night, how is that, how could it possibly be a profitable tour? Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a struggle as an artist to figure out how to have any money left over for yourself with all of the hours and energy and work that you put in. And for someone who's just like just started hearing your music, like me, for instance, you know, who I've just like started hearing your music no via no reason and anarchist gospel and then like digging into your older albums. And you've been obviously you've been making albums for like almost a decade. And now there's a point where like you played on Kimmel, things are popping off, I guess, like, it, you know, things are blowing up now. And still, it's just su- such s- small margins for the artists themselves. It's, it sounds like a fucking bummer in a way. 
Yeah, it's it's good PR. I mean, I don't know. So you you have tour most of your touring history. Have you done like just pretty much solo or completely solo the entire time? Usually solo, or I would be in a duo with the bassist. And then we had we did have a percussionist sometimes, but it it was like the guarantees were not. It just wasn't enough for us to even all be able to travel to the show a lot of times. So it's like, yeah, it's like trying to figure out, like I would prefer to have the band that I, that I played the last tour with. I would like to have them for every show, but that's like a whole thing, like figuring that out. And then it's like plane tickets are even higher than they ever were. It's just too, I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I can feel that. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm curious about like when you first started playing shows because things have now gotten so big and it's you're I can see you're just processing and figuring out like, okay, I can work it out, but I still have to do that. Like how how is it gonna go? But when you first started playing shows just in life as a teenager or whatever, um, tell me about that. Tell me about kind of at that time what prompted you to get up on a stage not thinking that, oh, maybe in 2023, I'm going to have to solve this huge problem related to playing concerts. You know, what was on your mind at whatever age that you first stepped in front of an audience on purpose? Well, I started playing guitar when I was seven. And then I got my first electric guitar, like in middle school. But then like freshman year of high school, that's when I was like really getting into punk. But also I was playing acoustic guitar too. But I met my friend Brian, and he was also we we were both in this because we went to a music school, so we were both in like this like guitar program together at school, and then we also had like music theory classes together. Like I first met Brian because I think he had like he had like a black flag T-shirt on, and then I was like, I'm trying to start a band. Like I was. Cause I already wanted to play. I wanted to be like Bad Brains. I really wanted to have a punk band. And then we, he was decided he was gonna play bass. And we wanted to get a singer. We wanted to get a drummer. And then somehow we just like, we were just a duo. But we played our first show. Um, there's this place called uh, Tribal Cafe, in LA. It was like an all ages cafe, but they would have like. They would have open mics and they would have like, but you could, you could organize a show there. So that was kind of like one of the spots, like all the teenagers would have shows. So we played there for the first time. What did it, how did it, how did it sound? Well, I was playing electric guitar and then he was playing electric bass and we were called Anus Kings and we, we were, we were ready. We practiced like we were, I thought it was tight. Cause we, that's all we did was practice. Like he would come over to my house after school and it, like, we were very serious about anus kings. You have to be. And militant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first anus king show, it was just like weird. It wasn't punk. There was no drummer. We didn't have a drummer and we didn't have a singer yet. So it was just me and Brian singing. It was kind of like moldy peaches, I think. It was more like that. But that is, I mean, to me, I feel like that is punk. Like, you know. Yeah, it is. Totally. But what you're like young to have that, like that, like Black Flag and shit, that's retro-ish, right? So like, uh, it's it's interesting to hear about like in more recent times, still like kids having an appreciation 
for that like 80s you know california punk and hardcore shit like what was the what was introducing you to it where were you hearing and discovering some of that music even like the older i know you were like we're also really into stuff like acdc like who was introducing you or how were you hearing that music uh probably like oh my god it's so windy out it's scaring me it's really windy outside I'm like paranoid of tornadoes and shit because I don't know what I don't I don't know what that's like. But <laughs> anyways, but my step my stepdad was like really into well, he was like really into everything, like, but he listened to a lot of like classic rock stuff and even like punks like he liked Iggy Pop. He loves Iggy Pop. Dude. I'm sorry. It just sounded like a bomb outside. If there's, it's a, tor- not a, tornado, if there's a tornado but- while we're while we're on this interview, that would be legendary. I mean, I'm not I, I'm sure that's not going to happen. But <laughs> but so, yeah. So you're saying yeah, your stepdad was into some of that stuff. And is that what I mean? Anus Kings, like it's kind of almost in the name there. You that's the sort of band that you at that point thought you wanted to have was like a, a punk band, something that would hit that hard. Yeah, I wanted it to be like. Probably like Dead Kennedys and Bad Brains. But then Brian, he really loved the Minutemen. And then so he got me into the Minutemen. But I think something happened where we got more into guitar. Like, and we got more into other shit that wasn't punk. And then then we saw this bike as a pipe bomb. And then we were like, we got really into folk punk too. So I feel like. Then it was like about blues for a while. Can I can I say I don't know what this bike is a pipe bomb is? Can you can you tell me more about that? This bike is a pipe bomb. They're banned from Florida, and they're actually an old. I guess they're like, I almost want to say twenty years ago or something is probably when their records came out, and it's punk, but it's like definitely like, it's like. These guys are either into country or so like it's got like kind of almost yeah. a bluegrass thing, but it's just like it's it's really good and it's like political too. And we were we got obsessed with that band and then we saw them play somewhere in LA. And I think we were like sixteen or something. I remember that we were drunk. We were drinking like Mad Dog twenty twenty. And we went up to the we went to the show and we were like, we play your song. Our our band covers your songs. And they let us play. They let us play their instruments. Cause it's crazy because cause Brian's left-handed and the basis of this bike is also left-handed. And they just let us play their guitars. And it was like Brian was like, Oh, you're left-handed. I can play that bass. And they just let us play because we were like so excited. And so they let us play like three songs before the show started or kind of opening for them. Amazing. And then, and then, so did you do bands of that style for a while before you started to get into your solo project? I only, Anus Kings was like the only band that I ever had. And I'll, and then, but the solo thing was more because I, I started busking by myself, like pretty regularly, like every day after school. And then that kind of, that was kind of like my first time playing solo and then but I was playing Anus King songs but then I started kind of having my own songs too I was really just trying to make money 
because I wanted to buy boots. I wanted to buy another guitar. I wanted to get a skateboard. Where would you go to busk? I was playing on Venice Beach because my school wasn't that far from Venice. So I would just go there every day. And I remember like the first, first I saved like a hundred and something dollars. And then I bought a Stella guitar, which really, when I think of it now, that was a ripoff. Because they're cute little old guitars, but they're, it's like, I don't know, but they got me, whatever. But then I was, I was like, I bought this guitar, you know, I was, I was about it, you know. And then my, my mom, she didn't, you know, I also had, I had some vices, you know, I needed my own money. I didn't, but I didn't want to get, my mom wanted me to work at Taco Bell. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you, you were, I mean, I imagine that you were pretty obsessed with your, with music. I mean. Oh yeah. Like when I first started playing as a seven-year-old, I thought I was going to be a rock star. Like in my head, I was going to be so, I never thought I would be a folk musician, but it's like the whole time as a kid, I was always like, yeah, I'm going to be Slash or I'm going to be Angus Young. So to me, it was like, okay, this makes sense. Now I can start a band. But in my head, it, I was always thinking I was going to be in some kind of band. I never thought I was going to sing. That's the thing that's the weird part. I never wanted to sing. or, And I definitely didn't want to play folk music. But I think just going to that school, it was more the other kids at the school. I feel like we all like grew together like with what we were into. Like, like I got into blues, but there was a kid who he had a huge record collection. He was like one of the jazz students. So we would go to his house and we would listen to all this. It's like, I think it was just like being like shown so many different things that I wasn't not, I wouldn't have gravitated towards. And then that somehow that changed my entire, like what I want to do with music, I guess. I knew I wanted to do something with music. You said that you didn't think you would be singing and you didn't definitely didn't think you'd be playing folk music. And obviously you now do both of those things. Um, you know, if I might say excellently at that, I'm curious if you're, if you're, if you feel comfortable in those roles now and, and just sort of what the process was of over the course of, cause you've put out a bunch of albums now, like how did you kind of get more comfortable as a, as a singer and, and more excited about making folk music? More like from liking a lot of music where I was like, this isn't necessarily a good singer. I think like I was afraid of like trying to sing. But then when I think about everybody that I really like, it's like like Elliot Smith's not not technically good at singing, you know, like I don't know. I think that because I, I was like scared of it. And then I had to think more about singing. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's not, you don't have to be, like, really good at singing to sing. And then I think about Tom Waits. My favorite singers are singers that smoke. That's why I love Nina Simone, because I feel like I don't, I don't have to quit smoking ever, because she didn't. <laughs> you just let your voice get deeper and deeper and deeper, and you just keep writing for your voice. I think it's all, it's like voice acting, sort of. And I think that's a less intimidating way to think of singing, too. But in terms of the songs themselves, the, the moments that they actually are beginning, 
tell me a bit about just the earliest songwriting effort. Like, you know, you've talked about busking and playing Anus King songs and then starting to have some of your own repertoire of like solo material. Tell me about how that kind of began and how you started writing songs apart from Anus Kings and and how that process kind of works for you now, what, what you sort of do when you're feeling struck by inspiration. Well, also as a teenager, like getting really into, I was like obsessed with Bob Dylan for a little while, but only like really early Bob Dylan. Like I really felt like, I think like if you're closer to that age, it's more like, that's what's going to hit. Like, I think that a lot about, like, that's why probably every fucking generation has the kids that are obsessed with Black Flag because it's like, that's where you're at mentally. So I think, like, young Bob Dylan, I was, like, obsessed with him. And then I was trying to figure out, like, why do I, like, what is moving about? How can somebody with just a guitar, just singing with guitar? And Johnny Cash, too. I was really getting into Johnny Cash a lot. And then, like, just on this kind of like a folk journey, I guess. And then I started liking Joni Mitchell a lot. I don't know. I was trying to figure out, like, okay, if I am going to sing. Because me and Brian, once we ha- once we did have a recording, it was kind of like, okay, this is Anus King. So I am singing. I am singing. And then I was trying to learn more about, like, besides the songs that we had, like, I don't know. I was just, exp- I didn't really start exploring singing until I was like 15, where I was like really trying to figure out what I want to say. And then I think it, like, I was learning about humility, really, because it's kind of like, it's like stuff that you wouldn't say. That's what, that's what you should write, something you wouldn't actually say. You, and just use the song as your, it's like your journal, I guess. Yeah. So what's, you know, whether in general or with Anarchist Gospel, your your new album in particular, tell me a little bit about the setting of when you're writing those songs, you know, a song like No Reason, maybe let's let's talk specifically about No Reason. Tell me about kind of where you were and how that song just began and sparked within you. Well, that one was based all on the guitar riff. And I just wanted that guitar part and I couldn't like it's a weird like the syllables I couldn't get anything to fit in there so I was like just going like like to play along with it so then that really just came out of like what words can fit in here the way I need them to and I think I must have had like I keep a lot of I use the notes app on my phone so I have a lot of poems that could be songs so it's like Sometimes I'll try to cut something up to see if it'll fit in something. But I would prefer to try to play music to the words instead of the other way around. But if I really like a guitar part, then I'll try to force the words into the guitar part. So that one just, I guess it was in my phone. I feel like everything in my phone is kind of about that or about death or about alcoholism. Like they're all the which is another which I'm kind of getting annoyed by where I feel like I want to purposely try not to write about either of those things especially like the whole duality the good and bad thing like I think I need to like figure out try to force myself not to write about certain stuff but then that's another thing is like I the most that I put that I'll put the poems in my phone I'll be drunk like I'll be crying and drunk and then like 
that's how I get the most of my songs. It's just being like, it's usually like a couple, it's probably like PMS too, I think. That's when there's a lot of songs because I just have so many feelings. That's some of that's got to be the good shit, right? I mean, yeah. some of it is and some of it isn't. But I mean, when you say to, I like, I'm a big fan of the idea of like just imposing a kind of a, a, a tool or a rule or a something yeah. just to change things up because you, you're going to keep making music. I was, I've been thinking about story songs. Like I don't have any story songs and I like to listen to those. And I'm, so now I want to try to do that. I feel like those are, it's just so classic and just like, I think even the idea of like, a whole album where it's just stories and stuff. Like, I, I like that a lot. I like the idea of that. So wait, are you are you already like starting to write songs for the next thing? Are you already thinking about the next thing? Yeah, I got it. I have like six demos, but I would like to have like 25 demos. But I made a thing something today. I don't know what it, I mean, it's a guitar. It's more of a guitar thing. It doesn't. It doesn't have any words. But I know when I go back home, I'm gonna go back home on Saturday, and then I have, I think I have like a week and a half till I have to do more touring. So I'm just gonna be working on songs. I wanna just always, I think of like a record a year, maybe. Or I was. That's what I was trying to do. Damn. But then I was feeling like. Sometimes I feel like I don't want to play. I don't want to write. Like when I got home from tour, I didn't play for like a week or something. And then I just get, sometimes I'll, then I'll get into it. I get obsessive. Like I I was working on something today for like four hours. It's like, it's going to be annoying, but it's like, I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to do this shit again. Like just to be like obsessively just making demos. And then Hopefully, if I make 25, then I'll like at least seven of them. Do you usually make that many more than you end up putting on the album? Well, I'll have that many, like, ideas, and then maybe they're not... Like, for the album, for Anarchist Gospel, I only had, like, the first verse and the chorus for most of them. But then I I do the music for the whole thing, so I already know, like... And then I kind of decide... Do I, is it gonna, am I gonna finish this or am I gonna just go? Cause sometimes, like, cause I layer everything. I'll add keyboard. I'll even add like drums. Like, they're fake drums, but I got them, I got them to where they sound pretty real. And then sometimes even like do little keyboard parts and stuff. And it's like, if I do that whole thing for the demo, then it's like, I have to be committed to like, okay, this is, I'm really using this. Cause sometimes I do that and I'll spend a lot of time on it and then I don't like it at the end. So now I try to figure out. Before I like add a baseline to a demo, I, I gotta be like, okay, I really actually like this. Um, well, I think I think that's good. I think we're good. So cool to get to meet you. I have to tell you, I really love Anarchist Gospel so much. I mean, so many of its songs have been stuck in my head for we like I'll just wake up in the morning and one of those songs is already stuck in my head, which like I'm not complaining, but I'm like impressed and I love it. So thanks for making this happen. Well, nice to meet you virtually. Sunny War is currently on tour in North America. Get tickets for her upcoming shows at sunnywar.com. And thanks again to Sunny for that conversation. And thank you again for listening to episode 89 of the LSQ podcast. You can find earlier episodes at jennylsq.com. 
and I'm on social platforms at JennyLSQ. Talk to you next time.